2: Jen Hogan, education columnist of Irish Times, has been writing about bullying. And Jen, you decided to look under the covers a little bit. We all hear about the impact of fam- on families, the impact obviously on the bullies, victims and all of that. But you've been studying the impact on schools because if there's bullying happening in a school, it also has an impact on the school. Morning.
3: Good morning, Pete. Yes. Um, in writing the series, I suppose I, I chatted to, chatted to a principal and chatted to some teachers about the reality of of trying to manage bullying in schools. And anybody who has been through bullying with their child will will know, I suppose, the frustrations because that repeatedly came up in speaking to parents. The frustrations about what was happening with the school and feeling the school weren't handling it. Maybe even feeling the schools were contributing to it by their lack or their perceived lack of handling or the way manner in which. They they handle it. So, I decided to speak to schools about it and find out, well, what's the, what's the issue on, on your side? Like, what's the difficulties that they're facing? And and you realise how much the school's hands are tied. Yeah. Largely, I suppose, because some of the incidents happen outside school. And this is the, the, this is another, I suppose, nightmare of the whole smartphone generation and the online generation, that things happen, the cyber stuff happens outside school, or incidents happen outside school. And it's difficult for schools to know at what stage do we get involved? Because it does spill over into school. Even if it happened off-site, it mm. spills over into school. It's not like um, teenagers, or and it's typically teenagers if we're talking cyber stuff, um, it's not like it just kind of stops at the school gate. So then they have to try to manage that, often without all the information.
2: If I was to play back to you, Jen, recordings of calls I've taken mm-hmm. from parents here of children who were bullied, and each Recording would contain probably the same form of words. The school aren't doing anything about it. Yeah. But when you talk to the school, yeah. you say, well, actually, there isn't a whole lot we actually can do. That's the worst of it.
3: And that, that is, I think, the huge frustration. I mean, as well as GDPR, which, uh, again, I, I would be fairly certain, those the parents that are contacting you are telling you they're coming up against the GDPR oh, argument. We can't talk it. about it because of GDPR, and parents are ready to tear their hair out with upset and frustration. And then you have to remember, I suppose, the biggest advocate for a child who is accused of bullying is actually their parents. You know, and it's very difficult for anybody to hear that their child might be in, um, engaged in bullying or, or might be the might be bullying somebody else, so they're not always receptive. It's a very sensitive subject. But the hardest part is the schools will often not tell you the consequences. So you go in, you're frustrated, your child's upset, devastated. It's like it's not just so they've had a bad day at school. Bullying has such a huge and devastating impact on on children and and a knock on impact for their families as well. And you want to see justice. You know, you want to know there's action being taken. You want to know there's appropriate and measured action being taken. And you are not entitled to know that. And that's the real. Mm-hmm difficult part you, you literally tell it to the school and the school can say leave it with us we'll deal with it but I suppose the school may look into it find there's more to it and again back to the whole GDPR side of things you're not being entitled to know this information you're not even necessarily entitled to know what action has been taken and that will largely depend on you know in that shouldn't you're not entitled to the information but I suppose relationships in schools and relationships yeah. with teachers may mean that you In some cases, you may find out more than you you will in others, but not being entitled to know what action has been taken against the perpetrator, against the person who has caused your child such misery, just this heightened frustration and emotion and upset, and and a child who thinks that they're just being left to deal with it without any fairness or any sense of it coming to an end.
2: You talked about the difference in the smartphone world, and you're, you're talking here, Jen, to someone... One of my memories of being between 14 and 16 was being bullied continuously at school. Yeah. So I, could, I, I know, I get it. Um, but the one thing mm-hmm. that, that happened was when I left that school at half three and cycled home, it was over until tomorrow. Yeah. That doesn't happen now. It continues 24-7. And outside of school hours, there's nothing the school can do. Nothing, and
3: that's the devastating. That's the even more devastating part for for these teenagers in particular. Again, because we're talking smartphones, so it will typically be older, um, children and, and teenagers. And that idea that they they can never escape their tormentors. They're never away from them. And even if it's if it's physical bullying in school or whether it's exclusion or whether it's, whether it's the cyber stuff, once they're out the door, it's still there. And it's so, and, and it, it can escalate so quickly, both in terms of kind of the sharing of content. Like we've seen how easily it's happened, you know, you know, something goes viral very, very quickly. Mm. Um, there was a teenager talking in one of the stories, um, that that I shared in one of the pieces. And, and uh, again, incident, there was, I suppose, a concerted and a, A a complete effort by peers within that teens class to to make sure certain things went out on social media at certain times so that it was subtle, but it was very targeted, you know, it was very orchestrated and targeted and the teen knew this was happening but it was so hard to prove to the school that this was happening and and it grows legs very, very quickly with the advent of social media but the school, again, their hands are tied and their access to the information so in goes a student, tells them certain things are happening or the parents to explain to the school certain things are happening but it's very, very difficult for the school to try to piece all that information together when things are happening online and the joys of Snapchat which parents will be so familiar with this kind of an app where if you're disappearing Messages and it's really, really difficult to. Um, it's difficult both for the child to prove it and difficult for the school to pull it together when it's happening. And and their role even when it's happening outside of school walls.
2: And gates. even when you don't have the disappearing message, I did call or talk to a dad a couple of years mm. ago who'd been a fairly tech savvy individual. Now he'd managed to screenshot loads yep. of the stuff that was being sent to his his boy and he presented it to the principal and said what are you going to do about that there is classmates and the principal took one look at it and said this happened at 7 in the evening sir i can't do anything about it
3: That's where I suppose you get kind of, again, having spoken to a few different principals and teachers, school policies will kind of differ a little bit there. If it happens outside the school hours, yes, it's not, I suppose, the school's responsibility. But you will find some schools will still get involved in it because they're Classmates, or they're um, in the same school, and it will there'll be a knock-on impact yeah. and a knock-on effect in school, and it rarely stops. It rare, rarely is a teen savvy enough to just make sure it only happens at seven o'clock. You know, you're talking young people um, who who maybe do st- have done stupid and cruel things since the dawn of time. So these things um, rarely just kind of stop at seven. But mm. it is very difficult, and it's very difficult if your school is washing their hands of it, and yet to give the schools the benefit of that. They, they're tied, they're very limited, are. and they're dealing with frustration yeah. and pushback from all sides. And there's there's a real lack of trust as well. Like, um, Craig, the principal I spoke to in the piece that, that was in the paper, yeah. um, there's a real lack of trust that has developed between parents and schools, and that's not helping yes. the situation yes. either. They're very suspicious of each other, or parents are particularly suspicious of schools. That's something that seems to have grown as, as I suppose, the kind of authority, maybe, that schools held before. And now we ask questions, you know, I mean, this is a good thing. Parents are more involved. But unfortunately, with that, we have a kind of a growing lack of trust, too.
2: Yeah, it was, it was a principal in County Wicklow that you spoke to in some depth. Mm. Do you get the impression, Jen, from your research and from dealing with the schools? Is there something that could be done at government level to enable them to tackle it? More I think
3: I think we're certainly going to have to move away from box ticking, and I think a lot of I think a lot of parents and a lot of I did speak to some teenagers too as well about it, um, about their experiences, and this kind of frustration that we do bullying as kind of well being, and then that's covered, and it's off we go. And really, I suppose it's I mean, Craig, the principal, mentioned it too, and I think speaking to psychotherapists and speaking to experts and speaking to parents and children, this have been empowering children to call it out, which is not easy. It's really going to go back to, I suppose, the parents and the children themselves and considering the possibility that your child might do something that you wish they wouldn't do and, you know, maybe make another child's life and being open to considering that, but also talking to your children about calling it out and empowering children to call it out. As a whole, as a society, we value we value academics. We value sporting achievements. We don't value soundness and being kind and just being a decent human being to the same degree. We definitely don't. We say we do, but we boast about our kids getting so many points in the Leaving Cert or the Junior Cert, and we boast about the trophies that they win, and we boast about the medals that they have. We don't boast about my son or my daughter uh, is is generally a sound uh, young right. one or young fella, and they will, you know, make sure that nobody is left behind. Like we need to work so much harder on inclusion in every aspect of life and making sure that, you know, that we're, as we rear our children, we go, make sure there's nobody left out, make sure there's no child left behind that there's not somebody sitting on their own, that there's not sniggering mm. and that you try to put yourself in other people's yeah. shoes. I think we really have to kind of get to the crux of that and show show our teens and show our kids that we actually value this this kind of sure. trait in somebody. We're not just about but, the medals and the points and all that sort of stuff. You know,
2: you know yourself, Jen, when you're fourteen and you're in a class yeah. and there's one of your colleagues, maybe even one of your friends, is getting bullied, you know in your heart it is right to say to the bully Back off. But you also know in your heart that if you say back off, you're the one that takes the crap then because you'll be the next target.
3: Absolutely. You're terrified of becoming the next target, and that is why it's not something that one one kid can turn around on their own. And so it needs to be this this um, effort among amongst I suppose within schools and within at home as well. It needs to be something that's really hammered home. and It needs to be really kind of front. Uh, our schools have anti-bullying policies. You know, we know we know that, and we know there's you know we cover things like bullying are covered and well-being, but it needs to be core and central to everything because you'll know PJ from having been bullied. It is the sort of st- that stays with you, even when you move into adulthood. You remember what that's like, that kind of pain, that devastation, and it has devastation absolutely yeah. devastating impacts. When we're talking the reaction to the series, the number of stories coming in, the number of people getting in touch with the paper since it um, since the series has started, it's startling that like there are. This is still a massive problem, a huge and massive problem. Yeah. And we need to do something a little bit different because what we've been doing hasn't isn't working. So we have to find a way of trying to change um, the value that we put on respecting and being kind to each other and empowering children and empowering teenagers to help each other out so that one person isn't left trying to sh- uh, shoulder the burden.
2: You're right about the, the fact that it leaves its mark. And that's the thing. Everyone thinks, okay... You know, kids go through this at school. Bullying is part of school. It shouldn't be. It's not acceptable. But I say this as a man who's now much older than the age at which it happened to me. But, Jen, there are circumstances now that will put me back, cowering, Mm -hmm. behind a door, terrified. I can still, there are still circumstances Mm -hmm. that can conflate themselves in my life. That helped me back as a little fourteen-year-old boy, shivering in fear behind a door.
3: And, and that says it all, PJ, doesn't it? I mean, that just the, the fact that's that, it, that, that and that's you're it. a grown man, yeah, you're it. a grown man, and you can still you still live with the. Thankfully, with it doesn't happen very
2: of often, but it, it happens. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. yeah, Jen, pleasure talking to you as always. And the schools, let's take it. Let's take the advice of Jen's piece. It's, it's as tough for the schools to deal with it as it is for the parents, it is for the families, but something needs to be... It's the old saying, something needs to be done, but, but what? Maybe we start by teaching all our kids to be kind and be decent and don't take shite. But yeah, I remember talking about this years ago. I, I was bullied in school um, when I was 12, 13, 14, uh, it affected my health in the end. I ended up being out of school, sick, only for a few days. And it was taken in hand, and it was dealt with, that's what I'd say. And years ago, one of my worst, or years later, many years later, one of my worst tormentors approached me. As grown men with kids, we both were, apologized, shook my hand and bought me a pint, and I expected, I accepted his apology. I bought him another pint. Um, but still, there would be situations in life it happened to me a few years ago I won't go into the details so it take too long and bore the hell out of you but I found myself at an event I was gigging presenting at an event and something happened just a series of events over a space of about three minutes and I ran out of that room and I stood in the cold night air and I had to draw breath because I was back in that corridor back behind that door hiding and um, that's 40 years later